Hey, this is Eric Olivares, pastor at Axios Church in Lakeland, Florida, and this is our podcast. Axios' mission is to point people to Jesus so they can find worth and purpose in God. We hope this message encourages you and uplifts you throughout your week. Enjoy the message. Listen, I, I went through all our, our analytics the other day, um, and it's kind of weird. Um, so we got a podcast that we just put our sermon on. So our podcast is, gets a lot of hits for, for, for some reason because God is moving. There's some people watching it in, like, Dubai. There's some people watching in Norway. I'm like, where the heck did you Like, what? It, it's crazy how God's doing because we, God is doing something, not only in this place, but spreading the word of, of Axios all around the world. And it's by your faithfulness and your generosity that gets uh, lets that happen. So let's give it up for Jesus as he gets all the credit for that. But next week is church at the park, and we're going to have an Easter egg hunt after. We got food for you guys, so you don't have to, you know, be all crazy. Come to church just because we're in another location. Listen, if you haven't been part of one of our church at the parks, we've done, this is like our fourth church at the park. We have an amazing time, a good time for community to come together. So do not miss church at the park. That's next week. And then we have a thousand eggs that we're going to throw on a field and just let kids go crazy, okay? If you have little kids, we're going to have a little section of eggs for kids because we know you want your pictures. We know you want all that stuff. We're going to have the Easter bunny out there. It's going to be an amazing time. You get your pictures, do what you got to do. And then the week after that is Good Friday, our family service, and then also Easter Sunday. Have you invited somebody? Have you invited somebody? Invite, invite, invite. It's going to be an amazing time, 9.30 and 11.30. And we are ending our series on God in 3D today. I hope this series has been beneficial for your life. I know it's been beneficial for my life. God has been wrecking me on some things because we've been talking about this concept of seeing God in 3D. When you go to a 3D movie, the concept is the movie pops out in you and you experience it in a different way. You experience it in a way that seems tangible. You experience it in a way that seems like it's just you're just there, a part of the movie. Not on top of that, if you're rich, rich, you go to the, um, you go to the cob and you get the, the seats that move too. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, so the, the, if you go in that, you're highly favored, okay? You're highly favored because that's like $23 and it's like it's, you give a kidney, you know, and then you, it, it's really expensive, okay? But it's fun. We did that one time with Elijah and he loved it. We saw Jurassic World. I thought I was going to get sick. You know, it's like moving all the time and everything, but it was fun. But we are talking about this concept of, of, of God popping out of the scriptures, of us not only reading something, but us experiencing something. We talked about different attributes. We talked about different character traits of God himself and how he's presented in the Bible and how sometimes it seems like it's not an appealing way, but in, the, in a way it actually turns around for our favor because there's different character traits. There's different attributes of God that if we don't experience the fullness of God and what he expresses through his word, we're not living what he called us to live, which is the abundant life in him, the a life that is full of abundance, full of life, because we have to see sometimes the good, the bad, and the ugly. See, when you get married, what do they say? For, uh, for rich or for poor, that means you might be rich, you might be poor. For sickness and health, you might be sick. Because you have to experience everything about that person. You know, I, I love it when, you know, the, the newlyweds get married, you know? The newlyweds get married and everything is good. All the people that have been married for a while, it's great. But there are some times that it's like, 
Lord, we, you, 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 better, you better take this person, you know, take this cup away from me, or God, you better protect them, because I'm about to knock them out. Because there's some things happen when you get married. The dating is great, but then when you get married, you start seeing the fullness of this person. Right? You know what I'm talking about? This person is dirty. This person doesn't know how to pick up their underwear. You know, this person, you know, when you wake up, you know, there's not all full makeup. It's like you wake up like, ah, it's the fullness. It's the fullness. <laughs> it's the fullness. But the reality is, if we don't understand all that, we won't appreciate everything this person brings to my life. And that's the same thing about God. If we're not seeing him in 3D, in a dimension, in, a, in popping out of scriptures, we won't see and experience him the fullness of who he is. Today, we're going to talk about two attributes of God as we end this series. The first one, we're going to talk about he is the God of the broken. The God of the broken. You can see time and time again in the Bible, people that were broken, people that were hurting, People that, that just didn't understand what was going on in their life. Have you ever been there before? Where life just hits and is just broken at times. Every one of us has something in our past that seems broken. It might have been uh, something that you've done. It might have been something that was done to you. It might have been something that was out of your control. But at the end of the day, that broken piece inside of you sometimes comes out because we don't learn how to heal from it or it just becomes a part of us. Brokenness. Do you understand he's the God of the broken? He he's not only loves you whenever you have everything together, but he also loves you when you're broken. In time and time again, we see the Bible explaining these things, a grieving heart, a broken heart, a complicated situation, a loss, a health situation, a relationship. Whatever it is, circumstances come to our life that tends for us to be broken in some areas. See, in the Bible, it talks about that we are the clay and he is the potter. How he molds us and directs us. He said before we were even born, he knew us. He, he mended us. He brought us together. And the reality is that when situations and life hits, life can be very fragile at times especially when things come. So if we look at ourselves as these little pots of clay and we are whole, we're living our life, but then out of nowhere, we lose our job, unemployment hits. We become pieces, broken. We're trying to live our life and, and, and that, that one report from the doctor that divorce. We come and we have issues with our children. Our children, we, we raise them to, to fear the Lord, but they're crazy and wilding out. <laughs> and we keep on moving in life. And we want to be whole. 
But at times, we feel more broken than we feel whole. And we pray, and we say, God, heal me. God, I need you. And we pray, but we just feel like this. I'm going to break that one because ADHD is killing me. We say, God, I, I want to be whole, but God, this is how I feel. Can we be honest with ourselves today? That when we lost our job, we have faith, but it still left us broken. When, when, that, when that divorce came, you know, I knew that God was going to provide and I knew, but, but I still left in pieces. Single people, I went from relationship to relationship to relationship, trying to find my wholeness, but then I left every piece. I felt broken, shattered in pieces. I don't know about you, but I trust the God. I trust God and I love him. But sometimes my life looks like that more than, than other things. But I want you to understand one thing. That just because the pieces are broken does not mean God is, is not working. This is what we have to understand. This is what society, culture, the world, your, your things that you're dealing with, this is what they, it wants you to do. It wants you to look at God I'm cursing you for being broken. But God can use broken things to do miraculous things. Every character in the Bible broken. There was no character in the Bible that you looked at and were like, oh, they got it all together. So those mind games that you're dealing with, it's not a curse. Yeah, you might deal with it and it's probably not of God and it's leaving you broken, but God can still use you. Brokenness comes, addictions, illness, divorce, uh, the relationship issues, they come and we need to understand that brokenness God can still use. But can we be honest? Those feelings of brokenness sometimes, they lead to exhaustion, loneliness, anger, sometimes fear. Because the reality is this. None of us can go through life without trials or painful situations. But now that we know that, we can do something about it. See, this is what happens, is you need to understand this. It, 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 sometimes life comes out of nowhere. That nightmare that you never wanted, it happened. That thing that, that, that you didn't pray for, it just didn't happen. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12 says like this, Beloved, do not be surprised that fiery trials, when it comes upon you, to test you, as though something strange is happening to you. The Bible is clear. You know what people say? Why does bad things happen to, bad, to good people? I don't know. But it said it's going to happen sometimes. <laughs> so if we know it, we can know what source we go to. But the problem is, is we're surprised and we curse God. We say, God, why are you doing this to me? And then we leave God's presence because we think it's God. When God clearly says, hey, things will happen. I mean, the man died on the cross. He was spit on. He was lied about. Things happened to Jesus. So you think things aren't going to happen to you? 
But life sometimes leaves us broken. But let me tell you three things about broken seasons, about brokenness that you need to understand. The first thing is this. God is not scared of your brokenness. God, you being broken is not like God's like, oh, man, we just failed here. See, you being broken doesn't disqualify you. God's not scared about it. God's not upset about it. God is not mad about it, about those broken areas in your life. John chapter 16, verse 33 says like this. I have told you these things so that in me you will have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. This is like the biggest like play on words ever because first God say, hey, take heart. Now have peace in me. Okay, God, I love the peace. But the next verse, what does it say? You will have trials. Wait up. When I'm having trials, I'm not all full of peace. But God is telling you, listen, I am the God of peace. I'm the God of the trials at times, but take heart. Don't forget, I have overcome the world. See, we need to understand that when we experience brokenness and struggle, doesn't, it's foretold by God. But he re- reminds us that he is still the victorious one over our sins, and we claim his peace in the middle of trials. See, I love when in trials, when things are going on. This week, it was horrible for us. Can I just tell you a little story time with Pastor Eric? This week was horrible. So we were sold a house that was on city water. We realized real quick, out of nowhere, we have a septic tank. The septic tank is broken. I was hit with a trial real quick. In one day, I went from perfect house to cursing house. I hate you. I'm finding somebody to sue, all right? No, because the reality is, I didn't expect it. I didn't pray for it. It happened. So now I have this bill. So now what I'm going to do about it? Am I going to be like, oh, I was for a day. Give me it. Give me it. Give me it. All right. But at the end of the day, do we trust God or not? And my wife reminded me, hey, God's going to take care of this. I have my little pity party. Sometimes you got to have your little pity party, right? You know, but at the end of the day, you go back to the source. See, I'm, I'm, I'm not telling you that, listen, life hits. When, when everything was going crazy with COVID, people were like, oh, don't have fear. What do you mean don't have fear? Things are going crazy. Fear is a real thing. But you don't have to have fear overcome you. You go back to the source. He is the source. He is the one that strips my fear and gives me the peace. So now I'm dealing with this situation. But guess what? I'm praying, God, give me peace. Even though sometimes I don't feel it, you're not going to feel it all the time. If you're worried about feelings, you're never going to get there. Sometimes you got it. What is this? It says you need to claim your peace. That means you need to speak to the trial and say, I will have peace in this situation. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, sometimes you got to speak it before you even know it. You got to speak it even when, before you even feel it. You got to speak it even before you even see it because we're claiming it because he is the God that still provides. 
even in the worst circumstances in life. He gives you the peace. He's not scared about it. He's not surprised. It doesn't spook him. He knows the broken areas in your life. Here's another thing you need to understand when brokenness hits your life is God is not far, he's near. We have this thing messed up in our world, in our minds, where when circumstances happen, God has to be far away. Like he's not even, he's not even in, my, in my favor. He's not even on my team anymore. Like he has left me on an island all alone. But in the broken areas, in the broken seasons of your life, matter of fact, he is closer than ever. How do you know? I'll read you the Bible. It says, Psalms chapter 147, verse 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds them wounds. In Psalms chapter 34, verse 18, it says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those with the crushed spirits. He is closer than you even think. He's closer than you even know. He is there with you even in the broken areas of your life. Even when you have these thoughts that are like, why are these happening? He's still there. Even when you're, you, you, you and your wife or, or your husband are, are, are arguing, he's still there. He, 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 the situation doesn't take him away. It draws him near. He is near to the brokenhearted. Here's another thing you need to understand when it comes to broken seasons in your life. God thrives in brokenness. He's like, let's get to work. He rolls up his sleeves and he said, let's get to work. Because he'd rather take you broken than you thinking you know it all. Let me say that again. Because when you know it all, you don't need God. You're your own God. You can take care of it. You can put the money towards it. You can put the friendships towards it. You can put the resource. But when you're broken, all you have is him. All you have is him. So he'd rather take you here than you know it all. See, that's why he is close to the brokenhearted. Because when you're brokenhearted, your heart is more prone to receiving his blessing receiving his direction when are we go see when, when is the one time we go seek god the most is whenever things are going bad right let's be honest you guys are too holier i'm there because i might i might as i might well, i wasn't praying really hard on wednesday but on thursday when i got the news my man was i was i don't i was catholic i was all of it all right whatever worked at that point because when situations come, clear example, the world is ungodly. But when, cer- when certain, certain things happen in the world, what happens? Everybody starts praying out of nowhere. A couple months ago, we had a very tragic thing that happened in the NFL with the, with the guy that got hit with the, with, you know, in the chest and he, he died on the field. And he's great now. God did a miracle. But everyone turned to prayer. A couple years ago, people were cursing a guy getting on his knees to pray. But when trial came, circumstances came, people know where to go. We draw near to him. 
he draws near to us. Because at the end of the day, we are all created by him. So people can deny his existence, but when it comes to a broken heart, for some reason, there's a tie to the eternity. There's a tie to the creator because we're created by him. So people can deny it, but when circumstances hit, something tugs us towards him is because we are created by him. He is creator. We are his creation and our hearts draw closer to him in trials and circumstances in life. So he thrives in brokenness. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 2 says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. The world is broken and it will break you, but there's a God that's always protecting and guiding you in the midst of the trial. There's, there's certain things that this is, hey, when you go through the waters, I'm there. When you go through the fires, I'm there. When you go through the winds and there, I am there. You have to be reminded sometimes because life will hit. I'm just here to encourage you today. Life will hit, but remind yourself, he is still the God that protects. He is still the God that guides in the midst of the trial. He's not absent. He's there. He's accounted for. Shatter at Meshach and Abednego. They literally had a fire. <laughs> they said, whatever it takes, I will never lose sight that God will be there. And God wasn't there when they first entered the fire. Think about that. I would be more prone to go into the fire when I saw God first in the fire. I'll be like, oh, he's there. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> but they jumped in the fire with nobody there but their faith got them in but God protected them when the fire came and there was a fourth in the fire do you understand what I'm saying life wants you to know hey make sure it gets all taken care of and then you do it that's not faith that's you doing it it's you this is this is faith Seeing the fire and said, I'm willing to jump in knowing that God is going to provide knowing that God is going to protect knowing God's good to God do you see the difference we don't run away from trials. We go into them knowing that he is still good. He's still good. And in broken seasons in our life, he's still there. I love the verse before Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2. Is, I, I don't have it on the screen, but I love it said this. I said, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. If he knows the number of hairs on your head, even when you cut them or you lose them, don't you think he knows the trial you're going in? Again, he's not surprised. He's not spooked. He's not scared. It's our job to trust him no matter what in the broken seasons of our life to put us back together. He wants to knit the broken pieces in your life and put them back together. That's why he's not only the God of the broken, but he's a God of the restoration. He's the God of the restoration. Let me, you got to know that. He's the God of the, re he restores what is broken. He brings together 
what is broken. See, this broken state, God can use, but at some point, brokenness becomes wholeness. Let me say that again. Your broken season is not your end season. Let me say it like this. Your broken season is not for you to stay there. Let me say it again in the middle. They don't like it over there. Your broken season is not your identity. Even though God can use brokenness, restoration comes into place and he wants you to become whole. So I love how the Bible says it like this. In Romans chapter 8, verse 18, for I, for I consider the sufferings of the present time not worth comparing to the glory that were revealed to us. There's an expiration date to your brokenness. Some of you have been broken in certain areas of your life and you're like, there's no end to this. I'm here to tell you that he's still the God that restores He's still a God that mends together. He's still a God that brings the pieces of your life back together. You are not, it's not over for you. He is the God that restores. Beauty is in brokenness. And and we need to trust God that he's going to put our lives back together. It's trusting him that he's going to repair and restore us. We find beauty in brokenness when we choose to sit with him and pour out our pain and our struggles knowing he's going to listen to every word. Sometimes we have to just speak it. He knows it. But sometimes when we speak it, it becomes real. So if I can keep it in here, that's why we play mind games all the time. Because we don't want to speak it to God because when we speak it to God, it becomes real to us. He wants to hear it. God, I am broken in this area. God, I am failing in this area. And I know that this breaks your heart, but I just want to bring it to you and let you know I need you. He takes a heart of submission over anything in life. There's a couple things you need to know about restoration. You choose to be restored. Let me say that again. Somebody needs, uh, you need to hear this. You choose to be restored. Some of us have been so broken in areas that we don't even know how to not, be, to not live outside of the brokenness anymore. We have been okay with broken. Matter of fact, broken is our name now. Now we identify our future through the broken areas in our life. I was the person that. I'm I'm dealing with this because of. When I grew up, if I didn't grow up that way, then I wouldn't. It's your testimony, but it doesn't need to be your future. See, we we go through the process of brokenness, but there's also have to be a process of restoration, and that is our choice to be restored. We have to say, God, I'm broken. I want to be whole. How do we know? In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10, it says, and after you have suffered a little while, there's an expiration to the suffering. It might not be how you want it, but God is taking it. God is in control. So after you suffered a little while, 
and God of all grace, who have called you to eternal glory in Christ, he will what? Restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. That means at some point, I have to be faced with my brokenness and do something about it. This is too real. That's the second thing you need to know. Identify what's broken. You have to identify. Stop hiding the broken areas in your life because when you're hiding it, you can't change it. This is the part of the message where we're supposed to be jumping right now. Somebody come play piano. I don't care if it's you. I don't care if it's you. You want to play piano? Somebody come play piano. Go, Judith. God still in the restoration business. He's still in the rest. You have to identify this area in me is not supposed to be here forever. I need a God. Sometimes the things that you're dealing with, only God can, can fix. God can fix that, that hurt that someone hurt you years ago. Only God can fix that, that relationship that left you scarred years ago and you're now in a marriage and you don't know what's going on because you haven't fixed the broken areas. You have masked your way into being whole, but it's not true wholeness. True wholeness only comes by you surrendering it and saying, God, I am broken. God, I am broken in this area. God, I need you. There's nobody else. No, no relationship can fix it. No counseling can fix it. No, any, no resources. And even though all those things are great, but there is a time where there's just need to be you. Identify what's broken. Stop lying about it. Some of you got to say, because this is what we all grew up in. You got to be tough. You can't, you, can't, you can't express those emotions. Some of you need to look in the mirror and say, what happened to me, it hurt. Sometimes in the church world, we just put, we just put faith over it and not even deal with it. You were church hurt. But you can be restored. They did hurt you. And be hurt. Identify. That hurt me. Sometimes we use a, but greater is he that is in me than he is in the world. Yeah, that's true. But that stinked. You were mean. Identify it. Because when you identify it, then you can find ways to change it. And then you can go into the process of being restored in him. Psalms chapter 30 verse 5 says, for his anger is, not, is but for a moment. And his favor for a lifetime. Weeping may tarry for a night, but joy comes in the morning. There is joy on the other side of your weeping. There is joy on the other side of your dark moments. There's joy on the other side of the things that are holding you back. There is joy. There is joy. God wants to restore some things that were broken in your life today. You are not here on accident. You're here on purpose. There's a God that still can use broken things to make miraculous things. There's still a God that is still full of hope. Still full. There is still hope for your life.
the brokenness. You got to identify the brokenness. And the last thing you got to do is this. He restores for his glory and for your story. This is good. Because you think what happened to you was a mistake. And yes, it probably was. But it can be used for his glory to help somebody else in the situation you're dealing with. So it's for his glory that I'm restored. But what he gets the glory, I can tell my story of what he did in my life. Your story matters. Your restoration process matters. Your brokenness matters because there's going to come a time where your story can help that person's story and that person's story can help somebody else. His glory, my story. Isn't that what we're doing each and every day? Is Jesus' story is restoring everything in our lives. We go back to what he already done for us to live the life that has not already happened yet. Because he gets the glory each and every time. Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 says, and we are overcomers by the blood of the lamb. So what he did, but also by the word of their testimony and their love, their life unto death. See, in Japanese culture, there's this custom that they take pottery like this that are broken, that are, that are just destroyed. And instead of wasting it, because here's the thing, sometimes in your brokenness, you think that it's wasted season. Or you think that what you're dealing with, you're not worthy enough for restoration. But I'm here to tell you that's a lie. See, in this custom here in, 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 in Japanese culture, it's called, I'm going to say kind of, kinsuji. Everybody say kinsuji. So this custom, they take broken pottery that are meant to go in the trash. Like for regular one of us, you, something breaks, what do we do? Throw it away. But Japanese culture, they look at something, even in a broken state, as useful. Somebody needs to hear that today. Your life can still be useful, even in a broken state. So what did they do? They take this pottery, they put it back together as a puzzle, and they use gold, silver, and precious metals to bind it all back together. And what was was just a normal, mundane pottery can shows a little bit of cracks, but the cracks are restored with precious gold, precious metals, and precious. So now what was broken is become a new kind of art. What becomes broken becomes a new kind of beautiful. What was broken was thrown away. Now it's become something that somebody looks at and says, wow, that person did something great with this. So what am I telling you today? God can take the broken areas in your life 
where you just want to throw it away. But no, he's going to restore it, not for only for you to be restored, but for others to say, hey, how did that person get changed? This is something beautiful. I knew where that person was. And God's glory and God's restoration will turn into something beautiful, not by your glory, not by your might, but for somebody to say, God has done something miraculous in my life. We would never choose brokenness. But didn't Jesus then? Didn't he say, this is my body that was broken for you? But he didn't stay there. It was broken. But then there was a cross. And there was a tomb. And now he is restored. God is changing things in your life. This is not the end. God wants to restore some things in your life today. Every head bowed, every eye closed. He's the God of the broken, but also the God that restores. Thank you again for joining us here at Axios. Hey, to hear more messages just like this, go ahead and subscribe to this channel. If you want more information about Axios, go to axioschurch.com. There you can get more information, give, and connect. Remember, we love you, and we're in this together.